David. Yes. Thanks for joining, uh, coming on the podcast. Thanks for having me. And uh, taking a little time just to chit chat, catch up. Um, we've obviously been friends for a while, <laughs> but since uh, you were fourteen and went on that 14. triathlon, yeah, ever since we, uh, ever since we, I was the worst biker there. <laughs> I was last place. That was some cold water. It was <laughs> that took it out of all of you. I always wondered why triathlons start with the swimming first, because by the time you do the swim, it's so cold that you were ready to give up and go home. That's right. Like you might as well do that last. It was pretty brutal. Yeah. Plus, it was like seven a.m. in the morning, and you didn't have the mountain bike tires, did you? No. Oh, that's no. Four. I had I had mountain bike tires, <laughs> yes, which is worse. It's just worse. And my and my brakes were broken, so the brake was always sticking to the wheel. Dude. <laughs> Could have gotten out and walked a bit faster. Than that. No, I know. I was always, I was really, I was curious afterwards why I was so behind everybody else, and I found out my brake was broken and I was sticking to the wheel the whole time. Awesome. Yeah. So I just, it was a bummer. But, um, so let's just talk about a few different topics. I know we've we've kind of went over in previous what we wanted to discuss a little bit. Um. And obviously, we want to talk about some different life advice. I found it interesting when I was reading kind of what we what you typed up that you put life coach in there, that that's one of your passions, mm-hmm. which makes sense because I've come to you with lots of it, like asking questions for advice, and you always give great advice. That's why I keep going back. But I didn't know that was like one of your passion type items. But I guess that makes sense why you have like a library of self-help books. That's right. So what is uh, – if if – when it comes to that category, what, like what, what, why do you like, what, what, what gets you in that life coaching type mindset? What, what do you like about it? Hmm, that's a great question. I mean, there's a bunch of it that I did professionally. So I had teams of people and part of your job is mentoring and coaching and helping them grow and develop. Yeah. But working with the youth starting in this ward and, and helping them, that's one thing that I find that they sometimes they want is advice from somebody else other than their parents because mm. their parents are giving them great advice, but you live with your parents 24 seven. They're always in your space. And so to get more <laughs> advice from them, sometimes it's like, please, I've had enough of your advice. But when you start to hear the same messages from other people, yeah. um, and maybe it's, maybe it's a little bit easier to swallow. Yeah. It's a little bit easier to take some of that advice. You're a little more receptive to it because mm-hmm. you're not having to because well, your parents are probably giving it to you all the time. Well, and when you're a, a, a young man from about 14 to 18, when all you speak is Neanderthal, right. you don't really speak in complete <laughs> sentences. You know, you don't want to acknowledge that they may know something. So if right. you can get that same advice somewhere else, it can it can be really helpful. Right. That and when it's paired with like, hey, like here's some really good life advice. Also, go clean those dishes. You know, <laughs> right. like, you're kind of like, Meh. you know, not as not as receptive, not as willing to do it. I guess truth, but. What's your uh, what's your top? Because you got a, you got a surplus of books mm. on life advice, and you know, I literally you're like my library that I come to. And um, but what is your like? What are the top principles that you like? You've noticed that you've advice you've given out, mm. or the things that kind of the reoccurring messages that you notice that you give or talk about, or and maybe they're a little different, but sure. Well, each person's unique, right? So they each have their own set of challenges. And, and challenges change through time. Yeah. But a couple of things are helpful to think about. One is if you think about God and his view of us, 
he wants to help us at every moment in our lives, but he also has the long view of -hmm. our life. And so while we get frustrated or we want to give up or we're done with this or we're sick of this trial or we're like, please get me out of here. He, he has that ultimate patience and he can help us kind of navigate because he has the long view on us. And so we're, we're in our teens and we're like, nobody loves me and I hate my life and I'm just done. He's like, dude, you got 70 more years. Come on. I, you got tons of great things coming in your life. Stick this out. It'll, it'll happen. And then another thing is just perspective. Mm. And that's such a hard one. And when we hear it, we all do the same thing. We're like, oh, yeah, perspective. (laughs) And we're all like, oh, yeah, I can always use more perspective. But it's just that one thing that we need to be reminded of constantly. It's just, okay, get some perspective. Think about – and a lot of of perspective comes with, okay, well, how far have I come? And looking back and saying, oh, yeah, I have come a long way. And, yes, I'm still struggling right here. And, yes, this is very difficult. But if I look back, I've grown Mm. in these ways. And we may not like the process of growing, but sometimes when we look back, we can see that growth and appreciate it a little bit more. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's true. It's, it's not, we get hung up on the little, like the minute little pieces of life, right? Sometimes. And so by like lengthening your scope, right? I, I don't, I don't remember who told me this, but it was like, he said, if you look at things in like the a hundred year plan versus like the one year plan, mm-hmm. like what really matters, a lot less matters. <laughs> you know, it's like the the little things become a lot less important. So, um, well, I think it was Monson too that said, "Be careful about being in the thick of thin things, because mm. your life can be really busy, but do those things matter? Right? What? Which ones of those? And having that hundred year view of things can help you get perspective of that yeah i heard this great story it was taught it was talked about like um this statue in i don't know somewhere like middle east egypt you know where they built all the statues and the pyramids and stuff like that and it the statue had broken down it was pretty crumpled up but like there was just like the pedestal and it said you know here stands the man who ruled all things or whatever ruled the world at the time right Mm -hmm. and the guy pointed out that you know Here's a statue. He obviously had a lot of success at the time, right? Ruled ruled the known world. and uh, But here's a statue crumpled up and, like, no one even knows who he is. And so point out that in the grand scheme of things, like, our decisions aren't really as big as we think, you know? So, like, really thinking about what are the important things in my life that matter and do make a lasting impact. And I just thought that was interesting. I was like, oh, yeah, we do focus on a lot of the – Things that don't matter. Truth. Well, and the other thing we tend to do is compare. Mm. And comparison is the mother of misery. So if you want to be miserable, start comparing your life to other people. Mm -hmm. Because somebody pointed out, I think it was in a seminar, that what we do is we we compare ourselves with the best trait of these 20 people. And we say, but we're not that. (laughs) Right. You know, we're not the baseball player who can throw – whatever mile an hour fastballs. We're not the football player can make all these plays. We're not the business leader. We take the best thing of each one of these people and compare ourselves to that. Mm. It's like, anyway. No, yeah. I, yeah, I think, well, and it stops us from doing anything, right? It right. stops us from moving forward because a lot of the skills too come along the way, you know. Now, granted, you probably won't 
like throw a baseball as fast as someone who has the natural gift. Um, but that that just comes down to selection. Yes and no. So here's another principle that I okay. try to teach, yeah, and that's yeah. the, that 10,000 hours principle. Mm. I know you've looked at that, which is somebody who has a ton of talent who doesn't practice will always, always be surpassed by somebody who has mediocre talent and practices and practices and practices. In fact, the definition of an, of an expert or a professional in a field is not how much innate or raw talent they ever had. It's how many hours they've spent mm. in that focusing okay. on that one thing. True. No, that's a good point. Yeah, I think. Huh. I have never thought of it that way because, like, you know, you think. I guess. Well, there's a perfect example of like comparison, right? It, right. You look and like, oh, there's no way like I could be that person. Right. But then again, you don't really need to be that person. You just no. need to be you. You need to be you. And build upon what like you have. Right. Which is why I would I, like I would say like you should really think about. Um, yeah, that camera turns off like occasion. So just like. Just reset it and then start the video again. I don't know why it does it. It's really annoying. Cards. Pause. Pause. All right. Um, yeah, just hit the pause real quick. Can you stop recording then? Uh, yeah, real quick. Cards full. Okay. Oh, that meant that's Spanish. Okay. Um, that was Spanish, right? Yeah, for me as well. Wow. I'm good. Just kidding. <laughs> I'm really not. Um, I don't know what we were talking about prior, but uh, so I guess I'll just go. 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. That's right. So when we're, uh, when we live in a a time, like what do we do with the, uh, I mean, there's so much uh, exposure, so much exposure to information and like seeing what everyone else is doing and you're not really involved in their lives, but you see snippets. So the comparison game, I feel like it's it's almost a no-win, a no-win scenario. Like it, unless you're completely tuned out, which it's almost impossible nowadays. But what what do you do with also when it, you're when you're getting flooded with that information? Because that's one point you you know you had your community, but that was it. Right. You know you weren't seeing everyone else and what they're doing and comparing yourself to it and going, oh, I couldn't do that or I can't do this. And so I think a lot of people get like anxiety or like stress or pressure feeling seeing that and feeling like they can't compete which then it's just spiral so what what do you do what do you do in those cases it's kind yeah, of a question it's a great question i was thinking about this the other night in the revolutionary war nobody knew what was happening right until paul revere spent all night riding his horse from town to and there's several people that went but from town to town to town to town those people didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. and so they counted on things like newspaper some print media, and then news from other towns mm-hmm. that kind of slowly made its way inward to let them know what was going on. Yeah. So you're right. You compare that and you think about it. We can't comprehend waiting for the horse that may be here in a few days right. to tell us what's going on right. with this war. Yeah. You mean, what do you mean there was a battle at Lexington? First of all, where's Lexington? Secondly, what kind of battle? What happened? Well, somebody won or lost, right? Right. We would see it from – we'd see drone strikes and, you know, pictures from the military and pictures from satellite and pictures from the ground. We would see it all unfold in real time. So, yeah, what do you do when everything is bombarding you? Right. And I don't know that there's a silver bullet answer other than you need to be real diligent and specific about what – you choose to consume 
Because mm. if you sit in your phone, and this is you, you're choosing to sit and look at your phone, and whatever it's there, whatever's there is coming into your mind and your brain, and you're seeing those pictures. Right. So you're the only one who can be deliberate and say, "I'm not going to do this right, right. now." So if you want to go yet. back to what um, President Nelson said, he encouraged our youth to have a set to take a seven day fast from social media. Mm. I guarantee you, one in a thousand <laughs> did it. Right. Maybe. 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 Did you do it? There's one. There's one of a thousand. But what that does is it, it instead of it becoming this habit and you're just like you're addicted to it, it breaks that addiction cycle and gives you a chance to say, oh, well, let me choose mm. what I'm going to do. So consider sugar. Right. It's funny because I did a sugar fast for 30 days. Mm. And it's only the first week where it's really hard because yeah. you're, you're in this habit of like, oh, cookie, soda, orange juice. Just sugar, right? Then sugar's in everything, so it's hard to avoid it. So the first seven days, you have so to be really – and it tastes so good. It's so good. It's so bad. Her name was Sugar. and So you have to be deliberate for that first week, and then after that, it's more of a habit. Oh, yeah, I don't go over there, and I don't do that. I'm good. I've got my other stuff to replace it. So that's another thought. What do you replace consumption of all this crap with? That's a great question. What does your dad say all the time? When we were out on the farm, which is funny and everybody laughs, but he said we had nothing to do but drive that tractor for eight hours a day. So we had time to sit and think right, and reflect and meditate, maybe meditate right. or whatever the right words are. We just had downtime. Yeah. And so instead of being bombarded all the time, anyway, I get passionate about that because there's just so much coming at you. The only thing you can do is cut it off and then take it in chunks. Okay. I'm going to check my social media. From this time to this time, not every time I'm not doing something, right. I'm going to stop and look at my phone. That just feeds the addiction. Right. What did uh, What's the app now that uh, the Chinese developed specifically to TikTok? be completely addictive? You can't put it down, <laughs> and it drags you back in all the time. Yeah, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Specifically designed to do that. Hey, mm. dude, I game. So League of Legends. That game is designed when you play a game. You don't know how long it took until it's over. And then you wake up and you're like, 40 minutes went by? <laughs> what happened to my life? Right. And then it wants to suck you back in. So pretty soon, it's I started at 10 a.m. It's 6 p.m. My whole day's gone. I haven't done anything but sit there and click the mouse and right. look at images on the screen. What happened to my life? So anyway, your question was, well, what do you do about that? Right. You have to be deliberate. Yeah, disciplined. Discipline is a good right. word. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, it was weird. It, well, have you read? Have you read um, TikTok's like terms of service? No. Like, Yo, know, they like you got to read it one time. But it goes, I mean, like everything. It has access to all your your text messages, your data, your pictures, your, I mean, like everything. It like has access to all that. And so, so with you saying like it was designed to be be all involved in your business and, and get you back in it. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, it's, it's all, it's all in there. And not to go to conspiracy theory, but no, please. these are people who understand how the brain works. Yeah. And so you, we, we don't understand how our brains work. No. They do. Your brain is listening, whether you are listening or not. Right. Your brain is hearing and picking up whether you are listening or not. Right. And so they can feed all kinds of information to you. When Mark, 
I don't know. I'm a little bit nuts. But when I, my kids were 12, we stopped television. Yeah. There was no television in our home. I hated commercials. I hated commercialism. I said, no, we would watch movies on movie night and pick shows that we that were good. But we quit TV. And did so it help? What it, like, did it helped see? me. Yeah. I wasn't angry all the time because <laughs> it was all, you know, constant consumerism. But yeah. anyway. Well, that's the thing. Like they're trying, they're trying to sell you on it, right? They're trying to get you to spend more time on it because that just helps mm-hmm. them sell and do and move their business forward. So when you get people that are like, and I've counseled people and I've met with people and I've talked to people and I was in the bishopric for a while. You get, you know, working in, in a religious setting and you get people who are like, I'm so miserable. I'm so unhappy. I'm so out of control. Well, you need to do this. Well, I can't. Right. That's what they say. Yeah. Well, I can't do that. Or I'm, in other words, I'm not willing to give up all of this addiction. Right. right. Even though it's costing me all this happiness. They it's don't like, want to take control back. Correct. I, I was, I was talking to, um, I think it was my siblings. I was talking to them and I told them, I can't remember what led to the conversation, but it was talking about break, like check in versus check out, check in in person and check out time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of time when you hop on the phone, you're just, it's checkout time. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the question I think we were talking about was how do you get people to spend more time in check in time versus check out? Sure. And a lot of the time it really is like people want to stay in the checkout zone. Because it's relaxing, it, but it also it, – it, it feeds more checkout time, right? So you just keep on getting more and more time spent in checkout – in the checkout zone than sure. you do in the check-in. And, uh, and that's what you're talking about, right? You know, it's taking back control of your time. That's right. And sometimes that's hard. If I take control of my time, I have to be responsible that I'm literally wasting hours a day doing nothing. Yeah. That's painful. Yeah. That is painful. People would rather be checked out. Especially when you like it. Yeah. And except for then you're unhappy. Right. But I'm not, but I'm not willing to give up all these things that are making me unhappy yet. It's funny. I'm on, uh, I think I deleted Instagram, TikTok on my phone last week. So it's been maybe a week since I did it. Mm -hmm. And the funny part was I, because I find myself on there frequently, you know, like everyone. I don't know how much I was using it, but I just was like, I I just felt better. Like I, I just felt like it was time to take a break. So I deleted those two. Facebook, like, you know, I never was big into, like, big swipe on Facebook. So I'll use it a little bit. But TikTok and Instagram. And I'll leave those. And honestly, it wasn't hard to, like, let it go once I just deleted it. Sure. I mean, like, it's not an addiction where, like, I'm going to go search the cabinets for, you know, the liquor or whatever, right? <laughs> right? It's not one of those addictions. Like, I just, I deleted it. And when I go on my phone, it's not there. So, one, I'm not reminded to do it. And, two, when I do think about it, I'm like, oh, it's tedious to go get it downloaded again, re-upload. So it's just more steps that go, ah, it's not worth it. And then, I, then I move on and That's I focus good. on something else. Yeah, when I start swearing and slamming things around, I know it's time to delete whatever game it is that <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I should tell my son that one. Hey, when you're swearing at something, it's time to turn it off. It's yeah. time to be done. Well, and then, uh, you know, in some of my volunteer work, you talk to people that have addictions to pornography and things like that. And you're like, what are you willing to do? I was, well, I don't know what to do. What are you like some of these things are like li- literally like a drug, and yeah. you have to go scorched earth in order yeah. to re- to give it up. And you have to like, well, turn off your internet. Oh, I can't do that. Well, then you're going to be into porn, I guess. 
Well, what are you willing to do? Right. right. Yeah. The other part is just like, well, what do you replace it with? Because if you don't replace it with, then you've got you're just sitting around bored, and then you want, and then that all that desire to check out comes back. Mm-hmm. So you have to replace it with good things. Yeah, like the more barriers you put in. I remember we were. I was helping this one guy who uh, he he had like a really bad smoking addiction, hmm. and I didn't end up. We didn't actually end up helping him <laughs> because, like, I think COVID hit and we stopped meeting with him. But and I left. But we we were started to and they we had like a thirteen step how to quit smoking program. And each one, like the first, I was like, get them to say they'll do it, right? So first is like acceptance. And then was, you know, remove all substances that are addicting out of the household. Okay, cool. And then the third one, I think, was remove anything that triggers the idea of those addictions out of the household. Sure. So, you know, like stay away well, and, and like stay away from things that trigger it. So... If you watch a movie that has, like, cigarettes in it, and it's like, oh, I want, I want, I want a cigarette. You it know? reminds you. Yeah, or, or stay away from, you know, like, a bar because there's alcohol or, like, there's smoking going on outside. And you, no you, casinos you, for you. You sniff it and you're like, ooh, I want a little <laughs> bit of that, you know. And so it was like – so cut out all the reminders of the addiction. It was funny, too. It also said, like, have grapefruit juice because apparently, like, it deadens the sense like the, the like if you if you feel the sense coming on like you can smell it taste it like drink grapefruit juice because it deadened it for it. like that's a, just a hmm. I guess there's a known trick that grapefruit juice helped kind of deaden the sense the senses of that wanting that you know that trigger and then the other one was like obviously have like a family support system and accountability buddies and people you can like turn to so it was pretty it's pretty interesting because I, I I mean everyone has addictions. Life is just a, a full of addiction. Like everything you do is an addiction, right? You can be addicted to work. You can be addicted to uh, – but there's more – some that are more harmful than others and produce more than others, right? That's right. Um, but not having been through like something like a massive addiction in my life, reading that, I was like, oh, wow. Like there's a lot of steps to like really s- put barriers between you and that addiction mm-hmm. if you're willing. But uh, the first one, right, is you have to choose – that that's like you're fully in on making the choice mm-hmm. and making that decision. I think that's a big part. It's just like no one can force you. You have to make the choice. And then if you're really willing to, really to make the choice, then the other ones are, you know, you can do if you make that choice. Probably the, the next most important one is to, depending on what class you're in or what program, you enroll somebody else in your vision mm. where you tell them, I'm going to give this up. I need you to help me. I'm going to stop, but I want you to be my accountability partner. I just need to tell you because if I say it out loud to somebody else, that's very powerful. Yeah. Well, isn't that like everything though? Like even ideas. Oh, yeah. You know, as I know, I've had ideas before where. What do we do? We write it down. We put it on our mirror. I'm going to read my scriptures today. I'm going to study. I'm going to exercise. If I put it around to remind me and tell other people about it, then everybody else is reminding me too. Especially if you get them in on it. Yeah. Like if it's like, oh, we have book club at this time you know and everyone shows up then you're gonna go but if it's like oh i have book club by myself oh it's easy to fudge that right which is weird you think that as people because we tend like you tend to be mindset wise we tend to be more focused on like ourselves just in general Mm -hmm. but when it comes to things that like are actually helpful to us we tend to be the first ones that we um that we throw under the bus 
Why? Like, why is that? Do you think? Human nature. Yeah, but why? It's like I just think it's so <laughs> weird. Like we're we tend to be the first people we throw under when it comes to things that are actually good for us, but like bad things, we tend to only think about ourselves. Well, there's what is Not the psychologically you have to hear a good thing eight times before it'll stick but you pick up on all the bad things that's how the news if it bleeds it leads Mm -hmm. that's how the news makes their money because they focus on you know accident or tragedy or death or something brutal is the tv yeah (laughs) it's negative but yeah i don't know like it's yeah no it's true it's like it's like the school teacher right you you, you could have a teacher, you do, like, all these good things, and then you, like, speak out of turn in class, and that's the one thing she remembers about you is you're that kid that always always spoke out of turn and never yeah. stopped talking. You were good up to here. It was, like, one time that you did it. Labeled. You know? maybe, you, maybe you didn't do it again, but that one time, and that was that's all they remember. That's funny. Which is which is crazy because I feel like it should be the other way around. But What were we talking about before? Because there was a, a cool principle I wanted to share. No, I totally I forgot. Think we, we were talking about the 10,000 hours principle. Yeah. That's what led us off on this. That's yeah, okay. It'll come back to me. That's a good principle. So with uh, with your kids because I know – Oh, real quick. Yeah. Cool principle about habits and forming habits in that uh, that just reminded me when you were talking about building habits or putting barriers or building support systems and that is – Things that are easy to do mm-hmm. are also easy not to do. So, like, we're trying to build a habit, and it's like, oh, but it's so easy to get up at 6. Well, it's also easy to hit my snooze button and not get up at 6. It's so easy to eat this breakfast that I planned, but it's also so easy to skip that and go through the drive through and get something bad for me. Right. Anyway, there's this principle called things that are easy to do are also easy not to to do right but you combine that with the principle of from um the slight edge book if you remember that one uh which was you don't if you're doing something for 30 days you don't see the results until the last typically the last three days you don't see anything happen so like if you look at a pond full of leap full of lily pads and the lily pads double Mm -hmm. in number every day yeah the first day one lily pad in a pond, you don't see it. Right. But it doubles. The next day, there's two. You still don't see it. Right. The next day, there's four. You still don't see it. But by day 15, then there's this little thing of lily pads over in this corner of this pond somewhere. But on day 28, it's half the pond. Right. And day 29, it's the whole pond. Right. Or 29 and 30, whatever the numbers are. Anyway, that's the power of small, simple things done over time Pounding. that compound their effects. So oh, practicing. Consistency. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so oh. things that are easy to do are also easy not to do. But if you do the easy thing consistently over a long period of time, you'll see a huge, huge result. Oh. Saving money, practicing an instrument, uh, reading scriptures, writing in a journal, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah, it's always. It seems like it's always the consistency is what really makes the impact. Yeah, it's just slower too. Which, which another reason why in like today's society, I think that's half the battle because we're not used to. Like, it's a sitcom. Yeah, it's done in twenty minutes after ten minutes of commercials. You've created a problem. Um, it's huge. You've solved it. Right. It's like yeah, we're we're just used to we're we're used to everything being quick, easy, simple, convenient. I mean, we don't. It was interesting. I was listening to this one thing. It was talking about how back in – I think we were talking about this this morning actually. But we were talking about how back in the day we had to like hunt for food and, you know, we had to survive, you know. 
Like that was that was a daily battle. Every you didn't day. farm, you don't eat. Yeah, you're there's dead. a direct correlation, right? Yeah. You like, don't you don't hunt, you don't eat. You don't work, you don't get paid. You don't your build family shelter, doesn't eat. Your you know, storm going to kill you, wolf going to eat you, whatever it is, right? Like right. there were daily concerns. That, that's like way back back. But even like well, even the 18 1900, 80% of their time was working or growing food or yeah, you survival. Had to, you had to live. You had to you had to make it happen each day. Mm-hmm. And so like obviously we still have those instincts in us, the survivalist instincts, you know. That's where you go on like survivor or something. Like they're still there, right? But in today's society, at least maybe not everywhere. Like you go to you're saying like in Africa or someplace there, like they don't have some of the issues we have. That's like right. They don't even think about that stuff. Some of the social issues that Yeah, that we worry about, all the you know, whatever it is. Right. And I think it's because we because we have so much free time on our hands where we don't have to worry about our, you know, our survival or really, you know, surviving today, right. making today work, that we still have those instincts, but they just go for our, like, inside. They start, yeah. you know. We haven't grown up. We don't know what to do with all this extra time. We right. haven't, we haven't all, some of us have and some of us haven't, we haven't, as a society, made it productive. Right. We've just, it's just leisure. We have leisure time. What do we do? We go to the movies, go to a game, we sit and play video games, we watch movies, we watch TV. 80% of our time is spent doing nothing. Well, what are we doing? Well, and, and like the human mind is a problem-solving machine. Mm-hmm. That's what it's meant to do. It's meant right. to solve problems. So we ain't got pro- real problems to solve. Not like we have problems, but not real problems, you know, like life or death problems or like survival problems. Society has problems, yeah, society right? Has but problems. we individually, yeah. typically, we don't. And so – like, I think my our, phone breaks. Oh, I'm going to go drop a thousand bucks on a new phone tomorrow. Can you afford it? Doesn't matter. I'm going to go get it. I have to have it. Right. Okay. Is that a real problem? Look like, back a hundred years and tell me how that compares to. Yeah, they didn't even have a way to communicate back then. Right. You know, like, you know, hubby went out into the woods to go kill his meat. Like, you just hope, you just hope he came back. That's right. You ain't calling him on the phone. Like, Send him a carrier pigeon. Five days later, you could be, you know, single mom or you could be, you know. Truth. Or he could be coming back with dinner. Or the babies are sick from cholera. Yeah. How is that even an issue? That's not an issue. Or dad returns home. There is no family. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. who knows? But, yeah, I feel like in a lot of ways because life's become so easy because it's just convenience and things are provided. Like, our survival instincts, our mind, our problem-solving minds have just turned inwardly. That's why I think why we have sometimes a lot of, like, anxiety, depression, because our mind is causing – it's, like, creating problems to solve because we don't know what to do with it, you know? It's true. I don't know. It's just a theory. I don't know if that's true, but it was interesting. I heard that. I, I heard that kind of theory, and I was just like, "Oh, that's interesting," because it's true. Like, we still have those problem-solving instincts in us, right? You know that those didn't go away. So, you speaking of problem-solving, mm-hmm. you worked with Verizon as a career, yeah, and did a lot of like team building. You said mm-hmm. um, um, problem solutions. Administrative functions. change change management, change management operations yeah. management. Yep. So tell me a little bit about that. Like what what got you into that career? Why just stick it out? Because that's the other thing too. Like mm-hmm. nowadays, people aren't staying in careers like they used to. You know, that's just not as common. Right. Uh, or like just the principle of sticking things out and like building something and saying like I'm committed to this for the next 25 years. Sure. Um, so just like tell me a little bit about that. So, well, and society has changed a little bit. So knowledge workers 50 years ago, 75 years ago, they could learn a skill and that skill would stay relevant for 30, 40 years for a career. 
Right. That hasn't – the amount of time that a skill is relevant has halved and halved and halved and halved again. And so where – you know, 50, 75 years ago, 100 years ago, people would learn that one skill and it, it would carry them through a 40 or 50 year career that sk- these skills are way more perishable. And so to stay relevant, you have to go learn a new skill. Now it's every four to five, maybe seven years. Right. Think of computer programming. Mm. There's all the languages 50 years ago are dead. Right. Mostly. And so to stay relevant in computer programming, you have to learn a new, a completely new language and architecture typically every five to seven years because it's just developing so rapidly. So where it used to be, I'm going to get out of high school and go learn a trade or go do military or go to college and learn a skill and that was going to serve me. Some, a lot of times that's not the case. Some of those skills are still relevant, um, but a lot of them are not. And so you'll learn a skill and you'll apply it for five to seven years and then you need to go learn a new skill or an enhanced version of those skills and go do that, mm. which gives you flexibility. If I don't like what I'm doing, hey, in five to seven years, I'm going to go switch. Right. And I'm going to – but now instead of having one skill for your whole career, now I have five to seven different skills. Mm. Now, you can solve the same thing different ways. So, for example, I worked for the same company, but my career changed every two to three years. Mm. Like I, what, it would, what it changed? Changed teams, changed focus, changed projects, um, so we went from working with small call centers to working with regional call centers, and then we worked with national call center processes. And so there was just kind of this natural evolution in our industry where things changed. But then you learn a lot of cool things along the way, like change management is hard. Why is it hard? Because it's emotional. Right. People love routine. We will say we hate routine, but we love our routine. So it's like for good or bad. It's good. It's good. It gives you focus. It keeps so you don't have to worry. It gives you stability. You don't have to worry about things. Um, is it when can, it turns into a rut? Is that when it's bad? Sometimes? Sure. Yeah. That's where the term go postal came from because their job was monotonous and routine and there was no change in it. Right. So their brain just checks out and then you start thinking about weird things and do bad things. <laughs> so it was good. It was a good career. Learned a lot of things. So we we pioneered, at least for Verizon, working from home mm. um, for specific job functions that typically weren't associated with working from home. And so it took – because our IT people, they had worked from home for years. And salespeople, they're out in the field anyway. So they might as well – they're just working remote. So we just took that idea of remote working and Applied. launched it into some other departments. But the biggest people that didn't want that were the management Everybody down here is like, we love it. We want to go work from home. And all the management is like, if we can't see you, we don't know what you're doing. And, right. you know, it's just, it's, it's difficult. Yeah. Well, especially that's the one thing I've noticed is working from home is great for the most part. Yeah. The only part that it gets really tricky on is when you are trying to get people behind a vision. Then it can be a little harder because mm-hmm. like, being there, associating with people, feeling the energy, you know, that just – some of that you can't duplicate remotely. Mm-hmm. And so, like, especially if you're building something, that's when it gets a little tricky. Yeah. Because people, you know. So all my teams were remote. I had people in all four time zones. But at the beginning of a big project, we would all come together for a few days because mm-hmm. that did all those things. We would meet the new people on the team. We would understand the project. We would get the vision. You spend some time together. 
Now we can go away and go do our things, check in remotely, right. work really good. Yeah. And then, you know, in the middle of the project, you come do the same thing. You spend a week together, kick the tires, look at the thing, make change plans and, you know, go back to work. Yeah. So what what made you stay in that career for the amount of time you stayed in it? Because how well, long when how I started, it was just a job. I just yeah. needed a job. I was just like, I need a job. Yeah. I just started a job. But then I worked hard. But that was my generation. We worked hard. And even if you didn't like it, you worked. Right. Because you – plus I was married and had kids. So it's like, well, nobody else is – I got I to make money. Right. I got to provide. So that helped. Um, but ha- change, changing uh, focus every couple of years just – was good for me because it reset and just gave me new energy for the next two or three years. So that helps. That makes sense. But we each have our own clock internally. Some people can only focus on a specific career thing for a month. True. Or two months. Those kind of people are really good in real estate Yeah. (laughs) because each new house or whatever is a new project project. for them. Yeah. Some people are like 40 years. They go into the government because they have this long vision and they can, Keep at it for 40 years. Me, I'm about a year to two years. Mm-hmm. After about a year, I'm just like, I'm done. Hmm. I don't care what it is. I'm done. Yeah. I think people like the feel. Like there's something about feeling like you opened and closed it, right? Mm-hmm. The, that, that process. But yeah, the time the time stamp on for most people. Do you think that's exacerbated now because of just the fast pace of which we live and the, you know. I think things like TikTok and other things, they it kills your attention span. Yeah. You tell somebody to sit still in a room for 10 minutes, they will go out of their minds because they have nothing to do. Because this has trained them and ruined, ruined, like literally broken their attention span in their brain. We got ADHD. If I put you out in the woods for two weeks, your ADHD will be gone. So do you think, not go full conspiracy mode on us, mm-hmm. but do you think it's intentional? Well, I know TikTok's intentional. Yeah. Do I think it started out as this malicious, intentional thing? I don't know. Has it turned into a malicious, intentional thing? Sure. Well, I think people know. Like, it's pretty – like, I think we – at this point, I think early on in social media, right, we just thought, oh, it's like – it's a harmless thing. Mm -hmm. But I think at this point where it's been around so long, like, everyone knows there's benefit of it. Like, I think there's some great benefit, right? It connects us in some ways. Some ways. That's loose. Um it's great for if you have something you're trying to promote and get out to people. I think it works great for that. So if you have a plan with it, it can be a great tool. Mm-hmm. But if you're just a consumer of it, then I think you're getting the short end of the stick. Because and at this point, I like I think everyone knows that. So, but I don't think those the people that create this the software have any intentions of changing how no. it's done. They're making money. That's how they make money. Yeah. Or they affect social change. Yeah. Well, and it is true. I think that's one of the biggest the biggest changes has been attention span and like the ability to think after utilization of it. Mm-hmm. Because right, you're just, I mean, in a matter of like thirty minutes, you may have watched I don't know how many videos, <laughs> but all about different topics and things, and you know your brain loves it. Sure, because it's. But then engaged. you turn it away, turn it off, and now you feel helpless because there's all this stuff going on in the world that you can't affect. You have no influence over. You, it doesn't change your life, but if it affects you emotionally, and now you're stuck. Mm-hmm. I don't know. The biggest thing I had to cut out was I would 
because a lot of people would ask me, okay, how do you wake up in the morning? Because I, for the most part, I can get up like seven o'clock. You know, that's pretty typical. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I like getting up earlier because I like to like get to the gym or something like that. Because there's something about like driving in the dark before everyone else is up and you feel kind of like just a, you just feel like a, a baller, you know, like <laughs> beast mode. You just feel like you're like owning everybody else because no one else is out there grinding, you that's know. Funny. But I, uh, but I was doing one of the things I told everybody was like, Oh, yeah, like, you know, you set your alarm, get up. I always try to, like, maybe go to the bathroom because it forces me to go get up and do something so I'm not just, like, sitting in my bed. And then, like... Oh, it's... Oh. Uh-oh. We're, we're down at Arizona. Uh, yeah. Weather alert. Arizona weather. Oh, that's what convenient. Weird. Okay. It knew. It knew that we were going through a, a weather alert. <laughs> Um, silver alert. No, just kidding. So I, um, so I always, always, I always tell people like, oh, we'll set an alarm, then like force yourself to get up. So like, put your alarm on the other side of the bedroom. Go turn it on or off. Go to the bathroom if you have to. Like that might help. Drink some water. Like do something to get your brain active. But then one of the things that was helpful for me sometimes I'd hop on my phone and scroll a little bit because it like kind of wakes your brain up. But then I found myself I'd be scrolling for you know like ten, fifteen, twenty minutes. And then, like, it was such a bad start to my day because I felt so distracted and confused and, like, overstimulated starting off. And I couldn't fo- refocus on what I needed to do that day. Right. And so that's one thing that of late, ever since I deleted Instagram and TikTok this past week, it's been so much easier to focus because I'm not hopping on there. And But, yeah, scrolling in the morning just set me off in a bad on a bad start because I'd just be distracted. Um like, even the stuff was good stuff that I was, learn- like, listening to on there. It wasn't bad stuff, but it was just so distracted when I'd be off it. I couldn't remember what I was trying to do that day. That's funny. But, um, so, with your kids, that was one thing we, you mentioned a couple times here, and then on the, your sheet, like, you talked about how you helped, like, your all three of your kids struggle with some sort of mental health challenge. Right. Did that spur you to do, like, kind of where you're saying you're passionate about, you know, life coaching and self-help and things like that. Does that spurred by that in any capacity or is it always been something you've been interested about? Well, that's a great question. Maybe. I think it was because how I was raised was fairly dysfunctional. Mm. And so when you are missing some foundation and you look around and see different ways people were raised, you're like, oh, that's interesting. It's like you, I had a lot of self-esteem issues. I think we all struggle with that. That's a normal part of development. And depending on our support system, we can overcome that and just move forward with life. Well, I got stuck in some of that, and so I was exploring, trying to solve some of that. But there's a lot of really great ways to address some of those things, counseling and stuff. But, no, I think having experienced some of that myself helped when raising my kids. Yeah. 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 But then, yeah, you're always looking for, well, how can I – address this or how can I help with this or how do we overcome this or that challenge? So. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense. Yeah. I think it's when you want to find information on how to be better, like if you're searching, that's what matters. Right. Right. Cause that's, I think that's, and that's probably the biggest step for people to, to take is like, just start looking, Yep. just start trying to figure out what like you want to do and what you need to do and how to do it. Because then it'll, it'll come, like, eventually. You'll find answers, and you'll put the pieces together. And talk to people. Don't text them. Don't look on Google. 
go talk to people because you will find hidden gems. Not everybody's going to know everything and not everything anybody says is going to help you, but somebody will say something that will help you. And that's, like you said, social media, which is funny. There's very little that's social about it other than there's a lot of people doing it. But I, I don't know how much it helps. I don't know that it connects. I think you you were connected, but then you feel helpless, even more helpless and alone. I think I think it can be a tool for spurring some ideas, mm-hmm. but if that's all it leads to, if you never do anything with it, mm-hmm. it's pretty useless. And just to go back to my own spiritual roots, you know, you can't create a relationship with somebody over text or email or internet or whatever. You have to see him and talk to him to to create a relationship yeah so it's like which is kind of funny because we don't see or talk to our heavenly father but we want to create a relationship with him so it's like well how does that work well he's not on the internet but he will respond to us this thing's sorry anyway that's another thing that you just hold on to if you we all need anchors mm. and a deep belief system that you spend time investing in and studying and thinking about and writing about and that can anchor and create a really good foundation to your life without that you're going to be the boat with no rudder just wherever the wind blows that's where you go and that is social media wherever the wind blows you're just pushed around yeah you have to choose a direction and no matter how strong the winds are blowing in a different direction you just keep going right or you find a safe harbor well i think you know i think some people think with that like that you can't change you can't make like once you make a decision you can't you can't go back. And it's like most decisions are very very like you can you can change those decisions. Mm-hmm. No, most decisions are not like written in stone. Correct. There are some. Like you know, if you Can you undo something you did? No. No. But that doesn't lock you in for the rest of your right. life. You can move all anywhere. You you can change, you can change your path. It's right. not like you're locked in. And so I think a lot of people get worried about, oh, well if I commit to this, it's a commitment and I'm stuck and I can't what am I going to do? And it's like, no, you can just start. Make a decision. Go for it. Mm-hmm. Be consistent with that decision and who you are. And have and have your core principles. Have your core principles that you're consistent on. Right. But then just get started. Go. And then it'll adapt along the way. Like it's going to change a ton of time. Right. That's the one That's the one thing we know we, we absolutely 100% can be sure of is there's going to be change. So just don't fight. Just start, you know. I don't know why. Wise words from Matthew McGregor. Wise words from Matthew <laughs> No. But don't fight it. Just start. So one one piece of advice. We, we need to have another pod, like another conversation where we talk strictly about relationships. Sure. I feel like you got like a knowledge on relationships. <laughs> I just think it'd be fun. Only well. <laughs> you have to have a few failed ones in order to have a successful one. Just in like, you know, but like even just relationships like, you know, spouse relationships. Sure. Friend relationships. But if one piece of advice when it comes to relationships, just hit us with one one piece. One? Yeah. Oh, only one? Humor. Humor, okay. Why? Humor can de-stress or can overcome obstacles, can reach across a, vo- a gap, can um, de-escalate a situation. Humor in the right way at the right time <laughs> can be very – and, I mean, in some parts of life, you're going to look back and laugh anyway. So if you can just laugh now – can you even if it's just a few minutes later, just like can you believe we were so upset about that? <laughs> right. I'm still upset about it. I know, but can you believe we were so upset about that? 
it just meant so much right in that moment. And now it's just the silly thing. I think that's funny. Well, if you can smile through the hard times and the good times, like right. it just makes it better, right? It does. It's easier. Might yeah. as well. Might as well. There's going to be bad. <laughs> There's going to be bad times. So might as well smile through it. And honestly, that's another piece of advice, just life advice. Yeah. Just you're going to live through it. All you can do is try to improve it mm-hmm. while you're there. That's it. Wise words from David. <laughs> you're going to live through it. It's not like, a, you know, whatever situation in your life is going to kill you. Right. Generally. Generally. It's just you're going to live through it. It's going to be okay. Maybe not okay. But maybe that's the wrong way to say it. You're going to live through it. Yeah. You're gonna Work make on it. making it better. Yeah. Just improve upon it. Yeah. And sometimes it may not be the very easy to improve upon or that's much to improve upon. Right. But, yeah. Try and – I think just try and find – try and identify what, what there is to be learned from it because – yeah, find the hidden gems. You know, you think about all these wisdom posters and motivational whatever, and it's like it took people a hundred years to come up with that principle that you just threw out threw it on a poster. It's like I can't live my life by bumper stickers, but there are pieces of wisdom in some of those sayings that came from long years of hard experience. It's good to learn. But from. then you're driving behind one car and you read it and that just hits you different, you know? Mm, sometimes. Sometimes. It's rare. It's rare. It's rare. Yeah. Depends on the car, too. If it's a cool car, it hits different. Depends on who's driving. If it's a van. If it's some Forget that. little... Anyway. It's a Prius. I it's a Prius. Li- if it's a Prius, I ain't listening to that advice. Just drive over to my truck. Yeah. What's that, Prius? <laughs> All right. Well, David, it's been a lot of fun and... Uh, Thanks for having me. I hope there's some good tidbits in this. You oh, can edit great. most of it out and be like, what the heck is he talking about? Oh, full, full length vid. We'll come back and talk about uh, relationships. Relationships every time. time. But uh, thank you. Appreciate it. Cool. See you. Yeah.